Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. This episode is brought to you by Symbiotica. And let me tell you, it is a value-packed one. So today's guest is Dorana Almi, and she is the COO of Symbiotica. And when I tell you, I was absolutely blown away after speaking to her. I truly mean it. I actually got her number and I'm going to go hang out with her in San Diego because I... I just loved chatting with her. So Durana's background is, I mean, this is just a story that's going to move you guys. Uh, Like I had goosebumps. Okay. So Durana comes from Afghanistan. She immigrated to the U S when she was younger, her background was quite tough and she just had a very complicated relationship with her father and against all odds. She advocated for herself. She was so focused on what she wanted. And she, of course, is an incredibly successful woman who is setting an example for anyone who's faced any hardship or roadblocks and who have still been completely relentless in their pursuit of getting to where they wanted to be. Drana co-founded Symbiotica with her husband, along with Shervin, who's been on the podcast as well. And she is smart. There's a lot of tips and tricks in here for other founders. And you can also really hear the grit that it takes to become such a force when it comes to entrepreneurship. So it is an absolutely phenomenal episode. I cannot say enough good things. And if you're not following her on Instagram, you really should because she is just so inspirational. She is an absolute girl's girl. And I think everyone will learn so much from this episode. So I'm thrilled to be bringing this conversation to you. Of course, I have also a Symbiotica offer for you guys. So use the code DREAMBIGGER on Symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide or create your custom bundle and get up to 45% off. 
a few products that I absolutely love. They're vitamin C, which tastes like a melted creamsicle. They come in liposomal format, so it's very bioavailable, absolutely delicious. And, you know, I'm using vitamin C across the year because I want to protect my immune system and their one makes it very easy to consume, I must say. And I also love their mushroom blend, which is chocolatey. It's delicious and a ton of benefits because it's a really good amalgamation of different mushrooms. All right. With that, let's welcome Dorana to the Dream Bigger podcast. All right. So I'm just going to have a few questions yeah, here. Absolutely. So we are talking about, of course, like all of this, like motherhood and all of the incredible accomplishments that you've had. But take me back even before that, because what I was so impressed by is your background, because you are such an impressive woman and someone looks at you and they're like, like, wow, you know, but you, you, you like you weren't born into this, you know, you weren't, it wasn't just handed to you. You worked for this. So tell everyone about your background. First, thank you for your kind words. That's just coming from such an accomplished, beautiful woman like yourself. That really means a lot. So thank you. Uh, I did not grow up with the silver spoon in my mouth. I was the one that got hit with a silver spoon. And culturally, that was okay. Um, grew up with a very, very strict father, left mm-hmm. Afghanistan at, when I was three months. Never been back, but I have such immense love for my country. Mm-hmm. The women of Afghanistan, the children of Afghanistan, especially what they endure on a daily. But growing up here, I say that I am Afghan-American. And my father and I never got along until recently, but we never got along because there was such a cultural, like traditional gap between us. I didn't understand him when he was like, you can't go out, you can't wear shorts. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't even understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And then to question him and want to talk to him culturally was appeared to him and felt to him like I was talking back to him. So my childhood was a tough one. I did not go out a lot. I spent a lot of time with myself, cried a lot, to be quite honest with you. I am comfortable enough today in my skin to share my story because I think there are a lot of young girls who go through something. There's so much adversity that everyone around the world endures, but it's adversity can be the best stepping stone to your life, to your future. For me, I didn't even realize that I was manifesting at a young age until one day I was sitting in the steps of my parents' home and my father was also quite the drinker at nights and he was aggressive just towards me because I was the only girl in the home besides my mother. I have three brothers, but he would always get really drunk and he would say that I would never amount to anything. And it's super shitty. I mean, like no one wants to get on a podcast and share that story. But I think it's it's part of my story. It's yeah. part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And of course, like when you go today and you hear different things or you like you go to the gram, it's like everything is just like it's lovely. a highlight reel. It's yeah. and it's not it's not real. Right. And for me, I rather keep it so real where it makes my the listeners feel uncomfortable. But I want them to know that my journey, my life has never been just all like just a fairy tale. It was the it was the opposite. So at 16, 17, I realized that I was at a turning point where I was either going to self-destruct, and I don't know what that meant, but I was just really angry, like angry with life. I was angry with my dad. 
my poor mom would have to see me go through all this. And it was at that point where my mother, who was my rock and my mentor, and she's my everything, she said to me, sure, you can self-destruct, but the only person that's going to, like, the only person that you're going to hurt out of this is yourself. So you think about the decisions that you want to make, or you can rise from this, these hardships. You can rise from the way your father makes you feel. And it was then that I realized I want to be a powerhouse of a woman. I want to be so wildly successful that I pave the way for women, not just here in America, but around the world to believe in themselves and to know that no matter what you go through, no matter what someone tells you, you write your own story and you paint the picture to your life of what's going to happen. So I didn't realize until like the age of like 16, 17, how powerful your thoughts are. Yeah. And today I always say, now that I'm older and I'm in my 40s, the quality of your thoughts is what determines your life. Absolutely. I, it's like such a powerful thing that you're saying. And I couldn't agree more because, you know, I also remember being at a certain age where, I don't know, I wasn't, I didn't speak well to myself. Like I would just do shitty things and my thoughts weren't right, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't getting to that place that, you know, I'd hoped to get into because you have to embody the types of things that that person would do, you know? So the quality of your thoughts are so incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. And I just always knew that, well, again, really the only man I had in my life at that time, because I have one older brother, but he was off to to school and he was like a a superstar athlete. So then I had two younger brothers. So Mm -hmm. my first kind of touch point with a male figure was my father. And what I knew is I never wanted to ever sacrifice the way my mother did. And I said, I want a man, the polar opposite of my father. I don't want someone that's going to tell me how who who I should be, how I should be. I don't want someone to shape me. I want them to embrace me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I always say, in order to know where you're going, you must always know where you've come from. Mm-hmm. And I am so incredibly proud to say that I'm Afghan. Yeah, And I'll never, ever forget that. And I mentioned earlier, I have so much love for Afghanistan. And I try to educate myself, teach my daughters about what's going on back home. And so I built three schools there in Afghanistan. Wow. And I love, like, I live for that feeling of being able to give back to my people. Well, also, I think that your story is one that gives back in a sense as well, right? Because I remember when I was younger, right? Like, I I would look for women who were from my background and who were at the level of success that I wanted to be at. You know what I mean? And like even seeing someone like a young Afghani girl, like seeing someone like yourself, I don't know, it gives them a sense of hope, I'm sure, right? To rise above whatever it is that they're going through and all the things that are saying no to them, they kind of see a path forward because someone else did it. Yeah, yeah. And for my dad, everything was like his pinnacle of success was cooking and cleaning, which I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh But that shouldn't be like... That shouldn't be enforced. (laughs) Exactly. And it shouldn't be the only thing I bring to the table. Absolutely. So for him, culturally, it was like, you need to clean all the time, which my house is always spotless as a result. So I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) It instilled like a good foundation in me to always be clean. But it was like, and then who am I going to marry? 
And I, I like, you know, earlier we were talking, I never even thought about that. Yeah. I was thinking about what college I'm going to go to. I was thinking about my career. I was thinking about how to build myself and how to be in a position where I can inspire and just help out other women, whether it was within my company, whether it was just, just through my community of women that I surround myself with. So our thoughts just were on different universes. And I didn't understand my father. I never understood him. So I'm grateful for my, my childhood because it's made me who I am. So I know that he was really interested in these things that obviously, like, you guys weren't aligned there. But then did you, like, you ended up going to college and, like, what, what, was, what were his thoughts when you started kind of moving in the career trajectory? Like, was he, did he start to see things differently? So this is like, a, I've never actually, I think, publicly have said this. So it's like a really vulnerable statement. But I used to cry so much that I could fill up a jar if I was to like twist my pillowcase, I could fill up a jar of tears. And um, it just makes me emotional to think about it. But I used to say to myself, whatever I do in life, I never want to feel this way. And also when I have power, I never want, I never want to do something within my control to make other people feel this way. So it was then where I turned my pain into power. I realized my only way out of my home was education. Mm -hmm. So I studied my ass off to get accepted to UCLA. When I got accepted to UCLA and I moved out here, he practically disowned me. I mean, it was he wasn't. Like, no, no, not at all. Are you kidding me? It was like, why does she want to leave the house? Like, you know. Well, what were you going to do? I mean, stay home, cook and clean. And then he was going to find me like a guy to marry. So I was like going outside the norms of what was acceptable for him. Right. Like I wanted to go to college. And yeah. he was like, why does she want to go to college? You know, and I'm like, this is crazy. So we lived in such different worlds. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Having so going through this, I know that kids inherently have this like when they're in a position like this, it's almost like you are dealing with a push and pull between what you know you need to do for yourself, but at the same time that innate desire to make your parents accept you and you know be proud of you yeah. even though you know that sometimes doing what's right for you may never get them there you know how how did you grapple with that and like what are your words of advice for people going through the same thing especially at that age wow that's such a loaded loaded uh question a beautiful question i spent a lot of time with myself and i think that you have to come to a place where you have self love because you're never going to satisfy everyone. Yeah. And of course, your parents are like, the, like it's like who you look up to growing up. Yeah. When you have self-love and you believe in yourself, you realize that everything else will follow. So recently, my father was admitted to the hospital. He's been really, really sick. And after all these years and all the adversity that I went through because of him and his parenting and his ways, he apologized to me. And he said, I'm proud of you. And I got to be honest with you. I have never heard those words from him. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, you've pushed me to a point where my husband says to me today, like, babes, like, you've made it. You can calm down. I'm like, no, I got to keep going. And I've got, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to turn the switch button off because of what I went through. He always says to me, you in the line of fire, you're like the biggest warrior. And I'm like, well, when you go through what I endured as a child, you don't know anything. You don't know any other way to respond. Mm -hmm. I am a fighter because that's the only option that I had to survive. So again, now looking back as an adult, looking back at my, my advice to people would be your thoughts 
are so powerful. How you speak to yourself, how you look at yourself. And at the end of the day, the only person that you need to impress is yourself. Mm -hmm. I believe that that's why I've been able to, yeah, that's why I've met such an amazing husband because I had self-love, because I had self-respect, because I knew who I was. I didn't allow my culture and my parents to identify who I was. And I know that's very difficult because as humans, we always want to be a pleaser and we want to please our parents. But I think that if you follow your passion and you do, in terms of like anything you do in life, I always say, treat people with kindness and have empathy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter what bags you have. Like everyone's got that shit, right? Just be a good human being. Agreed. I always say to, to young women, we do a wellness retreat within our company. And the last thing we do with a large platform of influencers, and what I tell them is, you know, do you know what your brand is? Do you know what your footprint is? It's how you make other women feel yeah. when they come in touch with you. That's your brand right there. That's like, it's to me, it's so powerful that today we can sit across from one another and make each other feel good. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so important. Do you have any tangible tips for helping people practice or like cultivate that sense of like self-love? Yes. So I think you've got to figure out what what is it that makes you feel good? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. And whatever it is that makes you feel good, it's got to be attainable. Because if you set a goal and you can't attain it, now what you've done is you've disempowered yourself and you're like, oh, I, I suck. Yeah, I, I can't do it. That is really, really like the worst thing, in my opinion, that you can do. So for example, maybe it's the gym. The gym makes you feel good because it's like you one-on-one time. It's how you just kind of zen out and you can focus on yourself, whether it's your health goals, body goals, whatever it may be. So you've got to set an attainable goal. For me, I work out 30 minutes every morning. That's my time. Mm -hmm. That's how I kickstart my days. After that, take my shower and I like to sit down and have a few thoughts with myself. Mm -hmm. What am I appreciative of in my life and what do I have gratitude for? I think gratitude and appreciation are very, very important components to have in your heart and your soul and to practice daily. And then for me, I midday, I either go to YouTube, Instagram, and read a positive affirmation. My husband actually does something really cool. He takes a little post-it and he writes himself like a positive affirmation he puts in his pocket. And throughout the day, if something's getting hard, he opens that up and reads it. I love that. I do too. And so I collect them. He writes them, I collect them. Yeah, I, like I'm obsessed with him. He's the coolest guy ever. And so anyhow, then before I go to sleep, I also will only go to sleep with positive thoughts. And I love, I'm all about like skin. I'm trying to keep it young. Yeah, Hard you look incredible. No, you're sweet. <laughs> it's it's rough, but it's tough, right? Keep staying young, being a mom, running a business. But I do light therapy. Mm-hmm. I've got my AirPods on and I'm listening to positive affirmations. And they're the last thoughts that I go to sleep with. And, and that's because I want to wake up feeling empowered. I know that the last thoughts I went to bed were, were thoughts of, I can conquer anything. And so I wake up feeling like the world's at my fingertips and I'm ready. That's so powerful, honestly. And there's actually scientific evidence that right before you're going to sleep is like when your subconscious is like so unlocked. And that's actually like the best time to receive like really positive information because you kind of start 
to feel it mm-hmm. inside of you, you know? So it's really cool that you do that. And it's like such an easy, tangible piece of advice that anyone can go and apply, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you and your husband, he sounds so cool. He's way cooler than me. So the two of you guys and Shirveen, you guys started Symbiotica. So yeah. tell me about how you even, you know, started that, like how you became the COO. Tell me everything. Yeah. So it's such a unique marriage between the three of us. Mm-hmm. Shervin is a science expert, loves like, I like love being in heels. He loves walking barefoot in the woods, you know, like we're so different. Then my husband's like the sports guy. He's got his ons on and he's ready to go, you know. And so we were visiting in Orange County. We had just had a very successful exit. The prior business was wireless stores. And so we had 450 of them and it wasn't overnight. So incredible. It, we went from one store to two stores to three and then up to 450. And so we had a very successful exit. And I said to my husband, my, our daughters were a lot younger. And I said, I want to take a year off. Our family lived out here and we were living in Atlanta. We also had a home in New York and mm-hmm. in Miami. And so I said, maybe we'll just go like live in Miami for a little bit. And one weekend we came down to visit family. And while we were here, he's like, oh, I'm going to see one of my high school buddies, Shervin. So Shervin came to the home that we were staying at, and we all just hung out, and he was, like, very, very passionate. He's like, I got this Omega product. It's amazing, but I, I need I need you guys because I know you guys understand the business side of things. I know you know how to scale. I know you know how to create infrastructure and create a culture and a company. And so we were like, okay. And for us, I said to Shahab, financially, whatever the next chapter is that we get into— I want to really love what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to love everything we touch. I want to be so incredibly passionate because this next phase, our daughters are going to understand everything we do. And I want to teach them a very valuable lesson, which is the money will always come. But you got to do it for the right reasons. You got to really believe in what you're doing. And it's got to be a footprint of who you are as a human being. So as we thought about, you know, symbiotica, what would that mean? It's like, playing such a pivotal role in people's lives where you're helping them reclaim their health, Mm -hmm. helping them live longer lives for the people that they love, just to get up and feel good. Like we take that for granted, but it's so powerful. And so to be a part of something in everyone's life, for us, it just immediately aligned with just who we were, the lifestyle that we lived. And so we're like, let's do it. Then COVID happened and it was crazy because we were like, wait a second, what are we going to do? And unlike our, like many companies, we're self-funded. We don't have any PE firms supporting us. We were prepared to move from the East Coast back to the West and open a headquarters. And we realized that as other companies were contracting because COVID was such a scary time, we decided as a team that, you know what, we're going to go all in. Like, we're going to open a headquarters. And, you know, in order to run and operate a business, as you guys know, you've got to be involved as the owners. Mm -hmm. It's not one of those things where it's like, yeah, I just pop in the office once a week. I mean, number one, hire people that you love to be with every day. Thank you for saying that because it's so important. You know, like for us, we say at a rate, we only hire juicy peaches, not bad apples. Yes. I love that. I love that. It's going to be my new thing. Right? Because 
we've had situations where we've had like maybe just one person who wasn't a fit for the company and it poisons everything. And sometimes it's so hard, even when you know that like, okay, this person just they're not holding their weight. There is not a culture fit. Like let's let like maybe they're just they they don't they don't belong here because they're doing the company a disservice. It's kind of still like hard for you to be like, okay, well, where am I going to replace them with? But I think the biggest thing that I've learned, and tell me if you agree, is that it's better to get rid of that person because everyone else on the team will figure out a way to like evolve to take care of that. But one bad person can poison an entire organization. It's a cancer. Yes. To your entire culture. So I do all the last round interviews at Symbatica. Mm -hmm. And not for any reason, like I don't trust my leaders, but I do it. And one, my chief of staff, Elizabeth, says I'm a face reader, which I recently, I'm like, old age, what does that mean? And she's like, you read people's faces. But I interview, my interview is always scheduled for 15 minutes. And within the first five to seven minutes, I can tell you if you've got a home with us at Symbatica. And I don't ask questions about their skill sets because I already know by this point, if the interviews come to me, their skill sets are there. Mm-hmm. I measure their aptitude and their attitude. And I say that the quality of energy that they yes. bring to the company, the culture, our community, our family is critical. Like we can teach them anything, but I can't teach someone to have a good attitude. I can't teach someone. And I always say, Everyone brings a level of frequency and energy into the office. So if you're ever in San Diego, we'd love to have you in the office. Recently had Lauren and Michael there, and they were like, this is magical. And I'm like, you know what this is? This isn't me. This isn't Shahab. This isn't Shervin. This is a collective energy of every single person here. And, you know, you're sweet to talk about the accolades of how much Symbiotic has grown. That's been Every single teammate. Yes. I always say it doesn't matter what department you work in. If you're fulfillment, if you're marketing, if you're tech, if you're customer experience, everyone matters and everything you do matters. And so I agree with you. You've got to remove that person from your business sooner than later because they do no good to your culture. And your culture is the most important thing that it's that you own in terms of your company. It transcends in everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm totally with you. And I think... When you have people who are, first of all, like I do, I think that especially if you have a startup, right, where yeah. it's like every single person is so incredibly important for the health of the organization. I think everyone needs to treat the business like it's their own because it yeah. is, you it know, is. it's what they do is too important for someone to be like half in, half out. Right. Like, you know, that needs you. They need to live and breathe it the same way that the founders do. Yeah. You know, if you don't have that, then that's not a fit for the business. It's not. It's not. And, you, and you're right. It's startup mode. You've got to be so hungry and humble to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I always say to team members in my career, I never looked at the hours I worked. Yes. I looked at, did I get the job done today? Yes. (laughs) And of course, I'm a realistic person. You're never going to get everything done. But there is a certain number of things you circle or highlight on your to-do list. And you're like, today, I've got to get this done because it's deadlines, priority. If I don't get this done, it's going to impact X, Y, and Z. So to me, it's like have that, have enough passion and respect for what you do every day that those things are important to you. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying, of course, work-life balance is important, but every single person makes such an impact in the business and the business moving forward or not, that you have to have that level of 
intensity to a certain degree. And that intensity can be defined differently with each person. Like my level of intensity is going to be very different than yours. But as long as within yourself, you're pushing yourself. And again, I think it goes back to, are you passionate about what you do? Yeah. And then, you know, we, we as leaders of Symbiotica always ask ourselves, have we created and cultivated an environment where people want to come into work? I so always say that the difference, you know, the difference between a good boss and a great boss is that everyone has to work. We've all got financial responsibilities or we've got goals in life. But a great leader changes that desire from I have to work to I want to work. Absolutely. And so I always say to our leaders, we have a responsibility. It's to bring out that. It's to ignite that desire in our in our teammates. Yeah. I Where they want to come in here. And it's... You're so right. Like, that is what a great leader is. You know, people should want to give it everything that they have. Like, that is really the essence of like, and that's the magic behind like a really great organization. And like, you just, you have to figure out a way to make that happen, you know? And I think so much of it is you're right. Like, when you're getting on these last stage interviews, like really feeling the energy of who it is that you're bringing into this like family of yours. Yeah, and have the speed of trust. If you've read that book, and it's all about within an organization, you've got to trust the folks that you bring in. Yeah. So one of like our you know secret sauces between the dynamic of the three of us is there's that that speed of trust between us. Mm. We trust that you know Shervin's an expert in what he does, and it doesn't by any means clash with what I do. And there's not a situation where there's like too many chefs in the kitchen. Absolutely. We're all doing our, we're all an expert in our own fields. Mm-hmm. And we trust that we're doing what it takes to get the job done and be right by our customers, be right by our employees or not employees, but teammates. So it's just, it's, it's amazing. And then I always say, when you hire someone, you hire an expert, provide them with the resources and tools, and then get out of their way. Agreed. you got to trust that you've hired them for the right reason. You can't micromanage. First of all, it's a very bad use of your time. And very secondly, bad. it like never, oh my God, like imagine just us as individuals, right? Like I feel like sometimes like leaders cannot take themselves out and like put themselves in another person's shoes. Like how much do you hate being micromanaged? It is like, it would drive me insane yeah. when I worked in the workplace, you know? And so that's also not what I want to do with my team members. I'm like, I want you to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You are, I hired you because you're capable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the resources and then do your thing. You yeah. know? And the interesting thing is if someone comes in with that kind of perspective, you are an entrepreneur in whatever field you're in. Absolutely, yes. You're going to own that. If you're managing digital marketing, run with it. Totally. Right? Think outside the box. Bring solutions to the table. If you are in social media, like in every single department, you have the ability. There is no max to your success. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to you. It's I always say like dress for success because that's how you feel when you walk into the office. So feel good about yourself. Half of it's me. The other half is you. I agree. So I'm going to do my part, but you've got to feel good about yourself. A hundred percent. So talk to me about the tipping point of Symbiotica because, you know, it was like COVID happened and there was so many unknowns. So when do you feel like the company really started taking off? COVID. Yeah, it's it's very similar story. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because, like I mentioned earlier, everyone was contracting and saying, listen, we've got to shut down our offices because there's no telling what's going to happen in the future. And we were like, no, we've got to go all in. Mm-hmm. We've got to open an office. So we opened our headquarters in San Diego. We had a 3PL at the time. And we knew just one of the things we did when we before we got involved in the business was we kind of surveyed the wellness industry landscape. And we realized 
four very critical things that we're lacking. One is the transparency and the ingredients and how they're making it. There's so many, you know, synthetics in raws. And then secondly, it was that most companies use third party, um, they outsource all their digital marketing. The third thing was fulfillment. And then the fourth thing is, is tech. No one thinks about how important tech is. So when I say tech, it's from every aspect. Tech in terms of the customer experience when they come onto your site. Tech in terms of like we have created a custom subscription like bundling platform where we created the code. We own that. Mm -hmm. The other piece is the technology that you put in how you make your products. So for us, the liposomal technology. And so during COVID, we decided to go all in. And my husband and I have had made some really smart business financial decisions. So we had capital to put in and invest in the company. And we decided we're going to start out with our customer experience team. We've got to bring that in-house. Of course, financially, it's a lot cheaper to take that overseas. But in order to really be connected to our customers, we've got to be a part of the experience and journey from the start, mm -hmm. from the moment they receive their package to what is this, how do I use it, to something went wrong. So we invested in customer experience. We brought in marketing. We brought everything that you know, companies and we initially started outsourcing, we brought we brought in in-house. And then of course we write our own code, which was huge. We've really grown our department within IT. And then fulfillment. We brought in fulfillment in-house. So we decided to go all in. We were so lucky that it was a time where people, their lives slowed down and everyone was reinvested in their health, the things that they're putting in their body. They were they had the time to learn about supplements and what they were eating and you know what made them feel good i mean like it was hyper sensitive time where everyone was like wait a second i'm no longer eating that i'm be careful so it was a great time for us to really educate our customers about what our products were what we were trying to do and it was then that we grew and three years later here we are 300 percent year over year we was it yesterday it was such a big day but we we were recognized in Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing companies. And that's um, incredible. Thank you. Thank you. It's well in, deserved. Thank you. In America, apparently, I, you know, we were really excited and I had posted the ranking, but I've, I can't post it until the 15th or talk about where we are in the ranking. But um, so proud, so proud and humbled by the team that I have the privilege of working with every day. Incredible. It's, I mean, it's it's just absolutely incredible. Talk to me about the tips that you'd give to anyone who is wanting to leave their corporate job to start a company. Like what kind of tangible pieces of advice can you give to them? So the first advice I'd give to them is embrace and be prepared to fail a lot. Because today everyone sees and hears all these success stories. And mm -hmm. it's like, but no one wants to talk about the shitty times. And the reality is we have a lot of shitty times, more shitty times than we have great times. We've failed more than we've succeeded. So if you are prepared to take that transition, run with it, believe in yourself. Even during times when you failed, there's been moments for us where we're like, what, what is, what's happening? What are we doing? But it's those moments where you have to sit back, not allow your emotions to take action, but say, you know what? We've just got to figure out a different solution because mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. So embrace failure. 
and I would say believe in yourself and then whatever line of work you're going into, really understand and study and survey the competitive landscape so that you can bring something different. And be throughout the journey, just be be true to who you, you are, the ethos of your company. Mm-hmm. And big or small, like I think it's really important that you treat your team and you do everything with empathy mm-hmm. and the success will follow. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. When you went from working in corporate to, you know, starting your own business, what was your frame of mind? Were you scared or is it something that you just knew that you always wanted to do? Well, I always wanted to do it. Uh-huh. I just didn't know if it was the right thing to do. And my <laughs> husband, the same. So we left. This is even crazier. This is when we actually realized we can work together without mm-hmm. killing each other. But he worked at at and mm-hmm. and I took a year off to start a family. So I uh, had my first daughter, Yasmin. I was like, I'm just going to take a year off and figure out this whole how to be a mother because that's something really it's a special. Thing, yeah. It's a whole <laughs> thing. Like, I I mean, I had so much respect for stay-at-home moms because it's so intense. Like, I'm like, how do you mute these kids? <laughs> but in a nice way, we love them. But he was overseeing the entire sales for the East Coast at AT&T. And in that year that I took off, it had been six months into the year, we were at a company event. And the CEO at the time was Ralph De La Vega. He said, Dorana Elmi, you you work in telecom, right? And I said, yeah, I, I know I did. And I resigned and I'm just going to take some time off. And he said, well, whenever you're ready, I know what you're capable of. We'd love for you to join the team. And I'm like, I looked at my husband, I'm like, did he, did he just offer me a job? <laughs> you know, and I'm like a go-getter. I'm like, okay, let's leave it, you know. And luckily my mom was, she moved from the West to the East Coast to help me raise my my daughter. And so I was like, okay, let me let me think about this. And so I joined AT&T and I ran all of marketing for the Northeast. So we were very yin and yang. We worked together. And we, when I had my second daughter, Ariana, we realized that the the challenge that we had is we didn't own our time mm. and I wanted time back. I didn't want to learn about my children's first anything through the cameras of my phone. And I was because I, you know, was dedicated to my career and taking too much time off was like a no-no. So we both decided that we have enough experience under, you know, our, in, under our belt, however they say that, but we've got enough experience. We have the work ethic. And we've got amazing mentors. So we're going to take the risk and take the chance on ourselves. So we both resigned in the same week. And when we did that, I will will never forget those moments and feelings because we would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what did we just do? Did you resign? Did I resign? Did I resign? Oh, my God. What did we just do? Because we were like, we have kids and we have a mortgage and we're not going to get paid every two weeks. But it was the best thing we've ever done. And again, surrounding yourself personally with a community that supports you, lifts you up and builds your confidence and tells you that you can do it and you're unstoppable is critical. Having professionally mentors to help guide you, to give you, you know, tips and tricks and help network and connect you to people in your line of work is critical. And then just realizing that success is not linear. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. I mean, what an inspiring story though, because I mean, I've had a lot of people on this podcast. And it's always really interesting for me to hear from parents who've taken such a risk when they go on to start their own business, because it's not easy. No, You know, it's not easy for me with no kids, (laughs) you know, but with kids and you have like 
an added layer of something to think about, you know, probably the most important thing in your life to think about. So it's incredible that you did it. Thank you. We come, there's, you know, I'm okay to say this. There's days we come home and we've had a shitty day and like, I'm upset with him. He's upset about something. And then it's like, oh, we got to turn this off because the kids don't deserve this. Yeah. And you know what? Tomorrow we're going to figure it out. And, and we do just that. And yeah, kids give you so much purpose in life. It's, it's really beautiful. And then for us, Yasmin is 10, Ariana's eight and a half, and they understand our every moves. Mm-hmm. They're just so much smarter than we were at 10 and eight. So what I do every day is with intention, like we're living with intention. Mm-hmm. And to know that my daughters see it, feel it, and are a part of it is such a beautiful journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to end the episode by actually asking you, how are you organizing your days? Because again, you are incredibly accomplished and you have two daughters as well. So I would love to hear how are you organizing things? How are you optimizing for efficiency? How are you making time for your kids? Tell me everything. I take it one day at a time. And I know, and I'm honest with myself to say that I'm not perfect. Everything's not going to get done. The most important thing for me is I surround myself with very talented, capable women that help support me to accomplish all these things that I try to do because it's not easy balance. And I take it one day at a time. So the night before I go to sleep, before I get into my positive affirmations, I run through my list of key things that I need to prioritize for tomorrow because they've got a deadline or whatnot. And then I send, my, I send myself an email mm. and generally my executive assistant CC it on that, my chief of staff, if there's anything that needs their attention. I kickstart my day, as I mentioned to you, with gratitude, appreciation. I hit the gym and then I just, I go to work. I got my list. I love writing a list. I'm so old school, but there's something about writing it. I'm the same way. I cannot, like my husband has it all on Evernote and I'm like, no, no, no. I need my notebook. I need my pen. I travel with it. Like I need to write it down. Yeah. So I love writing it because I know that there is like, a connection, a commitment that I'm making to whatever that is. And then I also love crossing it out. There's yes, like this like the best yes, yes <laughs> I'm winning. And then I have that honest moment where the, I'm not going to get everything off. I'm not going to, no. no. It's not but it's okay. It is okay. This is what gives me a reason to show back up tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, and then I love truly having a work-life balance. When I get home, I turn it off and I'm with my kids. And I'm like, what, what are we going to do? You want to go to tennis? Like, do you want to go swimming? So I feel very fulfilled that when I'm at work, I'm very present. And when I'm at home, I'm with my kids. And then I do have this rule. I tell my kids they've got to get to bed by like 7, 7.30. And I'm like, you can't come upstairs unless there's a fire down there. Mm-hmm. Because I want my time with my husband. I think that's so important. And it's so, you know, of course, like I don't like, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's amazing being a parent, but you know what? I was full of children. Do you know who I love the most? And they're like, me, me. I'm like, no, your father. My mom used to say the same thing to me, by the way. Yeah. It's so important. It's the foundation they walk on. When I look at today as adults, we're a byproduct of our childhood. And I say to my husband, the most expensive commodity that we can give our children is the gift of time and the love between the two of us, the love and respect. So that's my wine time with my husband. I love to have a glass of wine. And that's how I unwind. I know that sounds kind of corny, like wine time unwind, but that's like my time where I get to do, whether it's just look at the sunset or 
listen to music, but that's a time where it's our time. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to talk about work. Let's talk about something personal. Like, where's our next trip going to be? What's like, what's a personal goal I'm trying to get to? And how can you plug into that? And that helps me stay balanced. Yeah. Both as a professional, as a mother, as a wife. And then it also allows me to show up for the people around me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You are a force. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you. Dorana Elmi is my Instagram handle and find us at Symbiotica. We've got some very exciting things coming. We're about to launch Homeline. So, I'm so excited. Yes. I cannot tell you. Home care is coming and we're also launching personal care after that. Yes. So we're we're just we're so excited to just show up for all of our clients' needs and fill any, you know, gaps that they've got at home personally with their children, with pets. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming. Oh my God. Incredible. Thank Thank you you. so much. Such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Getting to know you is such a privilege. I love other women. I love powerful women. I love intelligent, smart women like yourself. And it's so incredible to see what you're doing and the women that you support. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.